in passing them today. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Ted Fayton here, host of the Modern Man Podcast. First, thank you for listening. And just really quick, I wanted to make sure I warned you about some explicit content that's included in this episode. I still think it's a message that you need to hear, so I'm happy to share it. But just wanted to give you a heads up. You might find some of the language offensive. And if you are sensitive to that, I won't take offense if you decide to skip it. If not, I think you'd really enjoy the content. So thank you for your support and enjoy the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Modern Man Podcast, where we are on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. We do that by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and putting wind in each other's sails. And we're getting a lot of that wind today from a guest. I'm really excited about this one. It's my pleasure to introduce Donnie Bovine, CEO of the Success Champion family of companies on the podcast. Man, thank you for taking the time to be here, Donnie. Uh, dude, my honor, man. Just a few minutes we've been talking, hearing a little bit about your story. Dude, I'm stoked to hang out with you, man. I, I love finding people that are genuinely impacting and changing the lives of other men, man. Good on you, dude. So I appreciate that. Out. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing some of your experience, your story and and who you are and what you've kind of built yourself to be in this podcast episode. But before we hop into your story and everything, I love giving the floor to my guests, letting them introduce themselves to the audience in their own words. So please take the floor, brother. Thanks, brother. So I did four years in the Marine Corps, 20 years straight commission sales. I've never really had a salary position in my life. I turned 40 before I knew that you could do this thing called be an entrepreneur, start your own business. It just wasn't a thing in my household growing up. And I grew, like, grew up in a very blue collar family. My last career was with an organization called Sandler Training, and supposedly I became one of the top sales trainers in the country. Not really sure what that means, other than I'm really good at flapping my gums in front of a room. <laughs> and Sandler's a franchise setup, and in that franchise, I picked a partner, you know, of the company because of how much I had grown the business. And I really thought sales training was going to be my end all be all, man. I thought that was going to be the direction everything I was going to go. But during a fateful dinner, my then business partner said something that just forever changed the trajectory of my life. And what he said to me was, Donnie, thank God you're my retirement plan. Oh. And right, he said it out of love. He truly did. As soon as he said it, my instant response was, dude, it's been my honor. I love working for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because great, dude, we're still great friends. It was just a crappy choice of words. But after that dinner, I sat in my truck and I looked in my rearview mirror and I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You were literally somebody else's retirement plan. And I looked over my entire life and I'd always been somebody else's retirement plan. Hmm. So 15 days later from that moment, I walked away from it all and I launched my company, Success Champions. Up to this point, you know, we had built our dream farm. You know, uh, my wife and I had built our, had our Victorian house. We built a second house on our farm for my mother-in-law. And by some standards, we were living life. Mm -hmm. And now here I was launching my own business. Within 24 hours of launching my business, Sandler corporate offices sent two attorneys to my farm to serve me my non-compete papers. I didn't even remember signing them, but now I'm being told that I can't talk about the only thing I knew, sales, sales management, sales, business development, anywhere in the world. So now I'm stuck and I can't do any of this stuff. So I started off my companies as a success coach. 
And Ted, to this day, I have no clue what his success coach is, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. just a guy who says yes to everything. Mm. And so my first year of business, I'm throwing stupid money at things, buying every course, doing every book, doing everything, trying to figure out how to do this whole business. And unfortunately, six months into doing that, I stood on the back porch of my farm, looked my wife dead in the eyes and said, babe, we're about to lose everything we own. The mortgage was three months behind. Her Jeep got repossessed. And now you got to remember, we're not just losing my farm, my house, my mother-in-law's house is on the property too. So we're going to lose her and her place. So my wife goes in, she has to go cash in her 401k to literally mm-hmm. save the farm and you know get her car back from repossession. And she looked at me in that moment and she said, dude, go get off your ass and go sell something. And for me, it was the right thing to say because I... You know, I never met the CEOs of the companies I worked for. You know, huh. the only time I saw the CEOs, if I brought in a million dollar contract, we were losing a multi million dollar client. You know, I just never spoke or interacted with CEOs because I had no idea what a CEO or a business owner did. Mm-hmm. So I was just flailing around, creating, doing operational kind of stuff, not doing, you know, the thing I'm actually good at, which is out selling things. Mm-hmm. So I started scraping, clawing, and selling things. Happened to find podcasting in May of 2018. Launched my first podcast. Five months later, that podcast became number 22 in the world and was sitting next to the Gary V's, the Tim Ferriss's, the Tony Robbins and the like. My non-compete came up in September of 2018. And now I could talk about sales, business development. So with all this momentum of podcasting, now I could talk about sales, flash forward to where I am now. And we operate three companies. We have one of the top podcasts in the world, five best-selling books and a partridge in a pear tree. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, honestly, breaking that all down for the listeners, that might be like, oh, man, that's a great story. But there's some pain and suffering I hear in oh, there, yeah, right? There's, there's some stress I hear in there, man. Oh, and, yeah, dude. And first and foremost, I appreciate you. Thank you for your service, man. Oh, my um, honor, dude. My honor. Very, very much appreciated. Real talk. One place where my mind goes to. I know where it's coming. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things, but I want to kind of touch on the farm really quick nope. because the, the sustainability aspect and the thought process of as I've gotten older and kind of more into, you know, I'm a married man now and I'm thinking of some of the the staples that I want to kind of stand on the values that I think of myself as being able to provide and the sustainability have land and also, you know, being able to house my mother-in-law and whatnot. Mm-hmm. How important was that? for you to build that infrastructure while you were in your sales job. And the follow-up question is the amount of stress that was on your shoulders when you thought you were going to lose it all. <laughs> so if I do get teary-eyed trying to talk about that part, I'm happy to do. Yeah. No, it's fucking, it still hurts. But, you know, I grew up on a farm, but we weren't farmers. So mm-hmm. we rented a house on a 500-acre farm. And so we did some of the things with the land and cattle and the likes, but weren't actually farmers. I mean, we had gardens and things. So when I met my wife, she wanted animals. I wanted to get away from everybody. And, you know, because in the sales world, especially in Fort Worth, Texas, I became really known because a lot of networking and I got to know a lot of people. So I was always on. Mm-hmm. And I needed a place to where I could legitimately turn off. So the idea of the farm is we wanted to get away and create our own sanctuary. The trick was she wanted his Victorian house. I wanted land. And we just happened to luck out and find you know this perfect, gorgeous Victorian home on a good chunk of property. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, putting the farm together, it was, I mean, we're still we're half a mile off any major road. I mean, you, you can't get down to my farm unless you let us know you're coming. Right. Yeah. So it's a complete escape oasis for us, you know, spring fed creeks and everything. And then, you know, her parents were getting older and actually, truthfully, her dad lived for six months on the farm before he passed away. And the, the ability of having him so close, you know, just going to the backside of the farm to their house was a blessing in so many ways. And her mom's older, right? So, so now she's living back there in the house. It's nice as your parents get older to be able to just go back there and help them versus having to get in a car, drive across town, deal with all that. So that was really nice. So it was a, it was a massive goal for us to find this, build this and make this our own. So to flip it, you know, the day I looked at my wife and I said, Hey babe, we're about to lose all this. She looked at me, you know, as part of the conversation, she said, you promised my dad you would take care of all this. So here I am, you know, as a grown ass man, not fulfilling my duty, right? Not holding up my end of the bargain. And I let her down, which Mm -hmm. is the worst thing in the world. Because ultimately, I had to look myself in the mirror and realize I let me down. Yeah, I wasn't being the man I promised her I'd be. And I wasn't being the man I promised myself I would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough place to be. But I will tell you, J.K. Rowling has an amazing, amazing quote. It says, rock bottom's a foundation in which I built my life. And mm-hmm. for me, that was my rock bottom. And... It's been a grind and been a fucking climb, but yeah, you know, and we still got a long way to go. But what a cool place to now be able to because in that moment, you, you don't think about using that story to help other people. But now, looking back, you know, I'm honored that I went through that moment just so I can continue to, to share that moment to let other people know, dude, you're gonna go through it, yeah, right? you know, and it's the ability to, and it's hard to do it in the moment. But it's the ability to look back on it and go, dude, at some point, I'm going to teach somebody else's story. Yeah. And that's going to be the thing that helps propel me further forward. Man, when you're going through that, and because you're in the process, this is after the 20-year career. Yep. I feel like for so, so many of us, because, A, I appreciate you sharing that because, I mean, it hits, man. You talk about getting emotional. I, like, right? I feel it. You know, I feel right. it, man. The, the, you know, little tears swell up and stuff because you think about when you said let ourselves down as a man, so many times we stay in this groove of, of what we're good at. Like yep. we get comfortable and we stay in this groove. And you mentioned 20 years in a career of sales, crushing it to build something and to get to that point of like, oh man, we might lose it all. It's because you took a jump and you took a risk because you found something that you wanted to go for. What was that thought process and decision process like from the point when your boss says, hey, you're my retirement plan? Words might've been kind of hit a little different, but heart in a good place, but you realize, man, I'm building somebody else's dreams. Yeah. So it was fascinating for me is, you know, that whole year of 2017, I'd started listening to more of Gary V, Tim Ferriss, you know, and I'm listening to Jen Sincero and all these people. And I keep hearing this constant thing of, you know, you could be this entrepreneur, you can start your own business. And, you know, this is the constant soundbite that keeps playing through my head. And so I'm thinking through, you know, I mean, and I didn't really, like I said, seriously, I didn't know that was a thing I could do. I'm 40 years old and didn't know I could start my own company. So here I am now hearing all these people talking about, you know, you can build your own business. 
And for me, the whole idea still felt foreign. It felt, you know, scary. I mean, that's a scary endeavor to walk away from comfort of everything and start your own thing. Mm. I needed a catalyst. I don't know that I would have ever leaped out on my own if that conversation hadn't happened. And I know sitting in the truck, the conversation I had with myself was very, very direct. And what I said is like, dude, you got two choices. You can either get okay with this lifestyle. And it's a good lifestyle, right? There, I mean, it's doing good things. I can get okay, stay here and be good with this lifestyle. And if I'm going to do that, I have to turn off the dreaming, mm. right? Because that's the only way I'm going to get okay. <laughs> yeah. Because if I, if I keep dreaming, I'm going to make myself freaking miserable thinking life is better when I should be living this one. Yeah. Right. And I said, my other option is I say to hell with that life. And I finally bet on me because nowhere in my journey up until that point had I ever actually bet on me. I mean, every job, the Marine Corps, I went to the Marine Corps because my brother went to the Marine Corps. My first job out of the Marine Corps was in heating and air conditioning, doing sales there. My best friend and his dad owned a company. I didn't have to interview. I just had a job, right? I was recruited up to St. Louis to go sell mm-hmm. franchises. I came home and bartended for a little while after that because all my buddies were bartending. Got hired out from behind the bar because a regular got to know me. I'd sell commercial printing. Sandler recruited me. So nowhere along my journey had I ever said, this is the direction I want to go. This is who I want to be when I grew up. Everything was just a series of what was offered to me and taking it. So I had to have a catalyst mm-hmm. for me to go, dude, let's go grab life. Let's go see what more is out there. And you know, when I'm talking to myself, I'm like, dude, you can't turn off the dream. That's an impossible thing for you. And you're going to make yourself miserable. So you either get in the game or shut up. And I chose to get in the game. Now, the crazy thing, just so you guys can hear it, 15 days later, I walk away. That's also the first day I told my wife I was what I was doing. She had no clue that I had walked away. She had no clue that I was starting this. And the real reason is I didn't think she would say, don't do it. I thought she was going to say, you got this. And that scared me more than anything else, that she would have that much fucking faith in me. Really? That she would let me get after it. When I did tell her, only thing she'd said to me, and earmuffs if you're sensitive, she looked at me and she said, don't fuck it up. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife has said some things along the lines of that <laughs> well, like all right well this is what we're doing right when you decided to get in the game and honestly through your story you shared those punches that you're taking to the face which i love that quote about the man in the arena right yep when you're in the arena taking those licks and at the time it's probably getting close to that canvas getting close to the mat did you ever think about going back to that life did you ever think about like oh man you know, I, I tried it. Sales is right over there. I got that in the back <laughs> pocket. Like, was that ever kind of like your, your... Uh, to 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 throw salt in the wound? An old client of mine reached out during and and we're in the process of almost losing everything. An old client reached out and offered me a three hundred fifty thousand dollar base salary, vice president of sales job. Ow. So now I'm I'm having to look at. I can go right back and living almost the lifestyle we were living before. All I got to do is say yes right now. Mm-hmm. And I go. And so over here, I'm like, I'm losing everything or I say yes to this. And here's the thing. Whether it was true or not, I kept telling myself, people are watching. Mm. 
Mm. People are watching. And I had two things that saved me through this moment, I truly think. The one, people are watching. And I kept telling myself, if I throw in the towel, I prove their fears correct. Because if Donnie can't do it, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Right? So I was putting a lot of it. I don't know if anybody was freaking watching me. Right. But the idea that somebody was, and if I threw in the towel and quit and went and got back and got a job, their fear of they should not go and make a take a big risk, bet on themselves and everything would be validated. And I wasn't going to validate somebody else's fears. Right. Mm -hmm. The second thing that kept me going is I kept telling myself over and over and over again, dude, you only lose if you quit. But what do you stand to gain if you stay in the fucking game? Yeah. And so I kept plowing forward. And like I said, I don't know if a soul was watching me, mm-hmm. but that phrase kept me freaking rocking. And, uh, you know, for me, it was, I ain't got to win at all right now. <laughs> I got to win this day, you know, yeah. and then we got to get to the next. And then we got to get to the next. And the evolution of staying in the game, because most people get so close to tasting that. And they quit and they throw in the towel. I think most people who find success are people like me who are too dumb to quit. We just <laughs> I'm, kept going. Man. Man, I'm, I'm stubborn too, man. And, and that's, <laughs> that's the thing is it's prolonging. And if you wake up every single day with the goal in mind and you're going towards it, the goal becomes inevitable. You yep. know, it's not a matter of if, but it's just a matter of when. And 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 that's kind of the air I have with with modern man, where it's like, yeah, we're still here. We're still here. And and these podcasts coming out every week, still here, because whether someone's watching or not, whether you're three feet from gold or not, your ability to keep swinging that axe, keep waking up the next day and go for it. Take that next bite. That's how you eat the elephant one bite at a time, breaking it down. So success champions, family of companies, and, and you have a community that you've built. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that term success champions. And I'm curious as to, you know, how that came about as you, <laughs> as you, you start to grow no. and that's what you land on. <laughs> so I love the, I love telling the story. So when I was putting the business together, you know, you got to go get all your EIN and all this stuff to form a company. Mm-hmm. And of course, you need a company name. I had no idea what to call my company, right? So I was watching uh, the movie Troy with Brad Pitt, right? Which is just a dude, dude's movie, right? Good one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that movie, if you remember, it opens up and it's two armies standing in the middle of this huge battlefield. And kings come together and one king's like, look, we can slaughter all your dudes and take this over, or you can call your best. I'll call my best. We'll duke it out. May the best man win. And we go. And they agreed to call their, their both their best, right? The one king turns around, he yells, and this mountain of a man who's got muscles popping out where muscles shouldn't pop out, you know, comes out and he's screaming and hollering. The other dude, he yells for freaking Leonidas, Brad Pitt. And of course, Brad doesn't come out. The next scene, Brad's in a brothel, you know, the whole yeah. bunch of naked women. And a little dude comes in and says, Leonidas, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Or Achilles, not Leonidas. Sorry, that's 300. Achilles. Achilles comes out and he's putting his shield and stuff on. A little kid looks at Achilles. And I love this phrase. Yeah. And he looks at the Achilles and he goes, I couldn't go out there. And Achilles, Brad Pitt looks at him and goes, and that's why nobody will ever remember your name. And I just, I just love that phrase because Achilles is like, I'm taking on the mountain, right? I'm taking on the freaking big, big dude. Long story short, Brad Pitt comes out, does one move, stabs, kills the guy, war's over. 
Yeah. And as I'm watching this scene, trying to figure out the name of my business, the thought runs through my head. I'm like, wow, these kings once upon a time in real life would choose one champion to stand out front and fight from all. Hmm. I said, how often do we do that in our own life? When do we choose ourselves to be our own damn champion? Hmm. When do we champion our own success? Yeah. And that's the day success champions was born. <laughs> so if you look at my logo, which is on my head, if you look at everything, that's why it's the Spartan like helms. And everything is built on that brand because it's the reminder you're your own champion. Nobody else is going to choose you to stand out front. Yeah. You've got to choose yourself and become that champion. Yeah. And I'll be honest with people. I say like it or not, we're in a war. Oh, 100%. <laughs> we're in the war of our lives. And you even alluded to it before. You're either in the war of building someone else's dream or building your own. That's it. And That's so it. many of us don't put ourselves in the ring. So many of our, us don't bet on ourselves when in reality, there's a company paying us good money. They're betting us on us every day to make them money, to make them retired. Absolutely. Working on someone else's retirement plan. So how do we, how do we actually build a business of freedom? Because, you know, I've, I've kind of discovered in the past five, six years, really seven years as I've gone, followed the Gary V's and gone through my entrepreneurial journey is a lot of people start business. They say they do it for money. Some do it for clout, fame. I've honed in on the fact that I want freedom. And when I say freedom, I'll be honest, you're always going to be obligated to something, right? Yep. If you have a business, you're obligated to that business. There's no such thing as like, I just want to do nothing. But the ability to craft my own time, take my days off. When I was denied a day off to go to my sister-in-law's birthday party, I think that was my catalyst. Right. I'm like, I'm a grown-ass man asking <laughs> for permission to go to a birthday party. That was my catalyst. So how do we build a business to freedom? What does that look like? Well, I think most people, because a lot of us didn't grow up with entrepreneur families and, you know, most of us grew up around people who had jobs for a living, end up building a business that's not really a business. It's just a crappy job for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think if most people look at how their day functions, actions, and the things they're doing... They're thinking and doing things in the same way they did when they were an employee. An employee always thinks in, how do I get this done? Mm. A CEO never thinks in how, they only think in who, right? You never approach it from the perspective of how do I accomplish this? You approach it from the perspective of who can get this done for me. So... I like to always set that stage because there was a monumental moment for me as I'm building my business, had gotten past getting the house, you know, the farm and everything taken care of. And I was talking to a friend and I was describing my business and he looked at me and he said, Donnie, dude, you're not building a company. You're building a crappy job for yourself. Yeah. And I went, crap, because he was right. But then I drive home, I kept thinking, what does the CEO do? How does the CEO act? What do they think about? What do they do? And you know, I spent a lot of time and journey on trying to decipher that out. And here's what I can tell you. The first thing that people have to absolutely have to find a successful business to build the freedom is to have a vision. This isn't your business plan, you know, vision, mission, statement crap. This is, you got to have a vision that's so damn powerful. This isn't a why because a why is personal, okay? 
A vision impacts the lives of others, but you've got to have a vision so strong, so valuable that others want to help you create it. Others want to help you be a part of it. So one of the things that helped me figure this out is I didn't want to launch networking groups as part of my business because I didn't want to be a guy who taught networking because typically a guy who teaches networking is just some broke asshole that doesn't know how to sell, right? (laughs) I didn't want to be associated with that type of stuff. But because uh, some series of happenstances, you know, the pandemic happened and we needed to help, you know, small businesses. I looked at my wife and said, babe, I don't want to launch networking groups because I don't want to be associated with those people who can't sell. And my wife looked at me and said, well, why don't you be the guy that changes the world and how they network? fix everything that people hate about networking. I'm like, that I can buy buy it into. And seven days later, we launched our first chapters. And when I started telling people, I'm going to change how the world networks, people leaned in. Mm -hmm. And people were like, ooh, I want to be a part of that. So when you get this vision that's so big and so powerful, and you know you got it right when people are like, ooh, I can help with that. I want to be a part of that. Yeah, You got to find that thing that is beyond just yourself. And it's not, it's not, a community type driven thing. Steve Jobs said, the only people that can change the world are the people crazy enough to believe they can. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you have that vision, man, it's gotta be something that when you think about it, it lights you up. And then it's other people here that lights them up. Mm. Right. And I talk about it in my book a lot, you know, how to really break it down. But once you have the vision, Dude, you've got to come up with your champion's code. So back in the day, Knights had this code, and that code freaking stood for something, man. It's not like yeah. the you know, core values and crap people throw out nowadays. This is a code, a code that you absolutely live by, and it becomes your out of bounds for you and your business, your life, and everything. And once you come up with your champion's code and you really define, you know, and for me, it's kind of like the out of bounds on a football field. You go this far and you're out of bounds. You go this far, you're out of bounds. Once you have this code that defines the trajectory of your business and what it's going to do, every decision bounces off of that code. Every move you make, everything you make. Mm. From there, you need to figure out your business development strategy, right? Most people have weren't salespeople before they got in this game, haven't learned sales. And dude, if you can't sell, you can't build a business. So, <laughs> so it's really simple for me. Sales is the final conversation where you get to yes or no. Yeah. Business development is everything else that leads up to that yes or no conversation. So when you're talking, you know, to people, I always tell them, you don't have a sales problem. 99% of people, you get them across from a good person that's have a good conversation, you'll get a good deal and build a cool relationship. Yeah. Right. Those conversations are always amazing. It's getting to that conversation that everybody sucks at. So you got to come up with a really, really phenomenal, badass business development strategy, and you've got to work as hard as you would expect a salesperson working for you to actually work, Mm. right? That's the foundation. Then there's, of course, you got to put systems and processes and everything else, but that's a solid basis for people to start building towards freedom. Mm. And then from there, man, it's a series of not failing to... Fail. Failure is not even a thing. For me, it's all about learning. And every time I say this, people are like, oh, yeah, you got to fail to learn. Uh, No, you don't fail to learn. You go try something knowing that that's going to punch you in the damn face 
And you smile and do it anyways, because you know, it's the learning going through while you get punched in the face. You're not failing. You only fail if you quit. You only lose if you quit, right? This is about learning. It's about taking a risk and trying something and you know, it's going to suck. You know, you're going to get the crap knocked out of you, but every time you get to, you know, the punch comes at you, you're like, oh, that one sucked. Next time the punch comes, oh, that one sucked. Next time the punch comes, you duck. Oh, then you get the uppercut, right? You're never <laughs> going to stop getting punched in the damn face, but you're going to get better at bobbing and weaving. And it's the moment that you start thinking about what am I learning in this new risky thing mm-hmm. that the evolution happens. And once that evolution starts, you can't stop it. Yeah. Right. Like my buddy says, he's like, I don't take losses. I take lessons. Those yeah. Else I take. <laughs> well, and, I mean, when you talk about failure, everybody's always jacked up about the big, scary failures. Like, you know, they lost a job or everything else. It's not about that. There's two types of fear. There's jumping out of a plane and damn near crapping yourself because you're jumping out of a perfectly good plane. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other fear that happens. That is usually the universe saying, dude, that's the direction to go. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not an axe murderer fixing to chop your head off. It's you're scared of what's going to happen if you do that thing. That's the exact thing you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And mostly it's because people aren't comfortable doing it yet. Like just going through the psychology of selling, which you might be familiar with. And he talks about if you're afraid of prospecting, you're going to procrastinate and do everything but prospecting. 100%. Because you're afraid of it. And what you need to do is you need to do it enough until you're comfortable with it. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I agree. And, but you also got to make it fun. Yeah. You know, uh, like for me, I'll, I mean, I'll do crazy things. Like people follow me on LinkedIn or YouTube or Facebook, even for that matter. Every once in a while, I'll just open up a session. And I'll do live cold calls where anybody from around the world can watch me cold call. Mm. And the number one thing people say is, how are you so relaxed? I'm like, because I have nothing to lose here. Yeah. I don't know these people, <laughs> right? How am I going to let it, let them judge me before we've even had a conversation? And, you know, people put so much of their life essence into this moment of one call. Like if this person hangs up on me or is mean to me, you know, my life's over. Well, Mm -hmm. it's not the case. Just go have great conversations and people will talk to you. And that's half the battle with all this. Yeah. But if, if you do suck with cold calling, one quick funny hack, go find your biggest ball busting buddy that Mm -hmm. also needs to call cold call. And what I want you guys to do is I want you to sit side by side and one goes and the other goes. But here's the deal. If you blow it on a freaking cold call, I need your buddy to make fun of you like nobody's <laughs> business and razz the shit out of you, yeah. right? And then I want you to go, don't worry, asshole, you're calling next. And I want you to let him go. And if he blows it, razz the hell out of him. Yeah. If somebody rocks it and has an amazing conversation, celebrate the hell out of it. But that going back and forth and you guys doing it together, you'll have fun. You'll teach, you'll coach, you'll mentor, you'll give suggestions, but it's got to be duality. I mean, you go, I go, you go, I go, and it's got to be that back and forth. But you'll have so much fun. And I don't care if you crack some beers or scotch or whatever else while you're doing it, Mm -hmm. but it's about turning it into a fun activity versus something that you feel like you're forced to do. Yeah, that's most of life. Enjoy. Yeah, get the heart out of your throat, bring yep. your blood pressure yep. down, and have some fun. We're coming to the end, but I definitely want to make sure that I, that I touch on this because you mentioned your wife looking at you and saying, "Go out there and sell some shit," and you end up starting a podcast. How did that transpire, and how did that podcast kind of change the game for you, man? So, 
I gave a speech in front of about 400 in Fort Worth, Texas. And, you know, I was talking to the sales. And anytime I could talk to a bunch of sales guys, I'll get really razzed up and just have a good time. And when I came off that stage, a guy from the crowd came up to me and goes, man, I love your energy. I love your story. Would you come tell me your story on, on my podcast? And I said, what the hell is a podcast? Mm-hmm. This was May of 2018 or April of 2018. And he explained that a podcast is like talk radio. You can sit down and we talk about anything. I'm like, ah, cool. I can do that. So I go on a show. We have a great time. And then the show airs a couple of days later. And this is before I could sell sales or anything. And one of his listeners reached out to me and said, hey, can you come do sales training for my company? I said, well, I can't until this non-competes up. But in my head, what I realized is, oh, my God, I can go on podcast and prospects may reach out to me. Yeah, That sounds like a lot more fun than cold calling. I'm going to go as many podcasts as I can get on. So I started going on a lot of podcasts. Well, I happened to get on a really crappy podcast, and this host was just miserable. Oh, man. And the episode is still out there somewhere. But he starts off, and he's like, question one. And I answer question mm-hmm. one. He goes, question two. And I answer question two. He goes, question three. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, I looked at him. <laughs> and I said, tell me about your life, your story. You know, what are you into? And he goes, question four. I'm like, oh, my God. He's going to keep going. But I literally said in that moment that he had, you know, any wherewithal to do this and find success. I'm jumping in the game. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. I tell people podcasting is one of the greatest things that saved my business. And it comes from, I got the luxury of interviewing some of the biggest names in the world, the Neil Patels, you know, Mike Michalowicz's, you know, uh, just some really, really cool people. And I couldn't have a shit show of a process, a system in doing that. Right. I had to, up my game. So it taught me, you know, how to put process and systems in my company. It taught me how to hire and how to bring in, you know, higher caliber people. And it taught me, you know, a lot about what's it like functioning and building a team and working with these people. And then also taught me now I got all these people, I've got to pay them. So it means I got to go out and sell more, right? So taught me a lot more about responsibility and it helped me grow up a lot. And that's what really, I think, saved me through everything was, okay, this is no longer the little leagues. You've got other people's lives in your hands. Let's get after it. Yeah. I mean, I would almost say podcasting itself, kind of how I view this, is it's a business in itself. Oh, sure. Which can end up leading to sales funnels, lead generation, and so many more things. And that's amazing how those lessons and really that exposure got you in the game and ends up taking the trajectory over to the next level. For sure. Last question. This is a question that I ask towards the end of each podcast before I ask you to share your, your links and everything is like, what is something that happened to you? And maybe it was almost losing it all that catalyst that you mentioned, but what is something that might have that happened to you somewhere in life that helped shape the way you view the world today as a man? Um, It was, it was a hundred percent after that conversation with my wife, but let me explain it. Mm-hmm. That night after I talked to her, I remember going upstairs into my bathroom, I closed the door and I looked myself in the mirror and I couldn't even look myself eye to eye. And I realized I didn't like the dude looking back at me. And I started thinking over my entire life and I asked myself, have I ever liked the dude in the mirror? Mm -hmm. And what I realized is my entire journey, I didn't like that guy. And this was the first time I was actually meeting him. You know, I didn't like how I showed up. I didn't like how I represented myself. I didn't like how I sold early in my career. There was a lot of things that I just didn't like about myself. I realized 
that if I could not say the words, Donnie, I'm proud of you, then I wasn't living the life and being the man that I needed to be. I had to get to work. And I started to ask myself, what would make me proud? And it wasn't money. It wasn't fame. It was being responsible and doing the things that I said I would do. It was building this business, taking care of my family. And the only way I was going to do that is get the discipline and nature to actually do that. So I love telling people that if you really want to meet yourself, start a business. Because at some point, man, you're going to get to that point where you run out of excuses. When you work for other people, excuses come easy. I'll speak it from a sales perspective, man. It's easy to say the marketing sucks, the economy sucks, the world sucks, competition's too heavy, right? And as a sales guy, you know, it's, those are real things. Absolutely legit. When you own your own business, doesn't matter how bad the economy is, doesn't matter how tough the competition is, doesn't matter anything, you got to get it done. And when you realize that success is your fault hmm. and so is failure, there's nobody left to blame with you. And that's a beautiful place to get to because then you can take complete ownership of everything you're doing, man. And I love the phrase and I drive my team nuts with it. The phrase, dude, sorry, that's my fault. And taking ownership for everything that breaks is such a moment of mental freedom because it allows you to quit placing blame on somebody else and allows you to unemotionally think through the solution. Mm -hmm. And it's been empowering as hell. But if you can't look yourself in the mirror and say, you're proud of you, start there. Whatever thing pops up in your head that you're not proud of, go to work on that. Mm -hmm. Study it. Get better at it. Learn it. Because that's the exact thing you need to fix. You need to correct. You need to get better at. That's going to make you start becoming proud of yourself. Man, Donnie Bovine, we can go on and on and on. <laughs> but that right there is the moment I think our listeners, our watchers on YouTube, they're already sitting at the edge of their seats wanting to know how to get in contact with you, connect with you, and maybe kind of follow some of the work you've been doing and use your services if needed. So I'd love for them to have that opportunity, man. How can they get to you? Yeah. So the easiest way is going to DonnieBovine.com and links to everything are there. But if you guys want to text the word success to 817-318-6030, we'll send you a whole bunch of stuff and links and, and the likes. And it's Donnie Bovine on all the social media platforms as well. Nice. But you know, for your listeners, guys, gents, you guys can do me the honor. And I truly mean this. Ted is doing some killer things here, man. And let me tell you, having my own podcast, one of the toughest things in the world to do is to grow the audience, get more men listening to this type of thing. If you got any nuggets out of this episode or any other episodes out there, man, when you do him the solid and share those episodes out with one or two other guys that need to hear these words, man, because as dudes, we got to get around other dudes that are going for it and trying to achieve it, trying to unpack and change life. Cause otherwise we make ourselves an Island. Mm -hmm. So do him the honor of sharing whatever episode, if it's this one or other ones, you got value out, share it with one other dude that needs to hear it. It'll mean the world to him. 
Man, Donnie, I appreciate that, brother. Thank, sure, thank bro. you so much. And I did take some notes and I do like to share some tidbits towards the end for folks that I'll kind of highlight some of those pockets if they feel inclined to share, but always on and needing to turn off. I think a lot of us can probably relate. I work in a business where I'm in front of people and I'm always on. And and the best thing to do, the one thing I've learned as I've gotten older is to enjoy my silence and enjoy my solitude. So having that farm, man, having that land, I can relate. And I think that's a great thing to have. And the retirement plan, whose retirement plan are you guys? Are, are you someone else's retirement? Or are you working on your own? Because as long as you're feeding into someone else's dream, they'll find something for you to do. But if you always work on someone else's dream, what are you going to do when you start realizing it your own? Let her down when you talked about rock bottom and that being the, the foundation to, to build off of. It was huge when you said, you know, I let her down. But even further, you said you let yourself down. The man you said you were going to be you weren't being that man. And I think a lot of us get in that realm where we start avoiding looking in the mirror. We can't look in the mirror for longer than a second. Can't even watch our faces without feeling comfortable. If you were in that position, I want you to know you have the power within you to kind of turn that around and start building off of that. And if you need a catalyst, find it. And hopefully it's not the catalyst that's going to take the legs out from under you. It's the catalyst in which you build your foundation off of. How much is it worth to you? I wrote that down. When you were mentioned about having that sales job offered while you were in the thick of getting punched in the face starting your business, I will tell you right now, gentlemen, anyone watching, when you are chasing your dream, the universe is going to throw a distraction. They're going to taunt you. They're going to tease you. They're going to put something else shiny in front of you. And your commitment to that dream, your commitment to that vision will be tested, but keep on staying the course because as long as you're in it, you won't fail. Your goal becomes inevitable. And of course, who, not how. Think who, not how, to build a business and a vision beyond yourself. Start with the code and then learn as you go. Take the punches and keep growing. Donnie Bovine, thank you so much for being with me on the podcast. To everybody making it to the end, I appreciate you. And this is the time where I usually ask you to share, leave a rating and all that jazz. But Donnie was so graceful and already did it for me. So with that, I'll leave you with what we always say at the end of the episode. Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Thank you.